episode eight's been pushed back. No. Welcome to Outer Rim News Podcast, episode twenty-four. I'm your host with the most. Yeah, I stole that one. Ashley Wilbanks, and of course, as always, my cousin from another muzzin, Austin Gordy. What up? What up, man? What's been going on? Uh, not much, man. Just uh, just doing the same old work thing. And then I finally finished uh, Twilight Company, the Battlefront book, finally. After oh, you did? Trying to read it for what? The past, like it came out in, what, November? Yeah. God, it man. did. And it's like, took and me that long to, to finish that book. That's how, like I just could not... Uh, and then finally, like, I'm starting to read the uh, Alan Dean Foster t- you know, movie tie-in for Force Awakens. I've started mm-hmm. that. How far are you into that? Um, right when uh, I'm, I met where Ray and Finn meet. And so, oh, okay. far it's, okay. so far, it's okay. It's just an adaptation. It's not like it's, it's, not like it's a horrible book. And it's not like mind blowing, you know. Like I, I would have preferred to have another author take a stab at it. Like, um, you know, like uh, James Lucino would have been a good choice, or R. A. Salvatore, um, or I mean, Matthew Stover, of course, would have made a great novel. And you know, maybe they'll they'll do that in the future. But um, for this one, it was almost like just a safe decision just to pick Alan Dean Foster. And I also see another reason why they did that too is it seems like they're trying to parallel the the very first Star Wars novel, you know, A New Hope, when that came out, because he was basically the writer for that, but it was like he, he was the ghost writer, but George Lucas got the credit. Did you ever hear that story? Yeah. Yeah, yeah so I, I feel like that was probably another, you know, reason for the decision. But, you know, I mean, he's he's pretty much kind of your go-to author. I mean, he's been around for a long time, and he's a respected sci-fi author. But it just it feels like ever since before I've even gotten to that book, I've had people just jumping in front of me going like, hey, man, I don't think you really want to read that book. <laughs> hey, man, I, I heard it's bad. I don't think you should read that book. And, and so far I'm reading it, and I'm like, I'm like, dude, have you read Twilight Company? I think I can take this book, okay? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like I, th- I had somebody like message me the other night. Um, yeah, my girlfriend started reading it. Yeah, she she finally gave up on it. She said it was it was horrible. And I'm sitting there thinking about it, and I'm just like, I'm like, it's not that bad. Like, I feel like it's just a, it's one of those things where you you hear that it's bad, so then you're in your head you, you're saying it's it's bad, you know. But it's not yeah. that bad. It's like it's like I think you I think people expected that book. They're like, Well, I hope the novelization's gonna give me every like every bit of information about the character. You know, they have to understand that number one is a tie in, we and plus, you know, it's the first movie of a trilogy. Where there's still a yeah. lot of mystery to the characters. And plus that author didn't wasn't given that much information. So I knew going into it, I know he's not gonna give us all the answers. But as an adaptation, it's it's okay. I mean, it's well written as an adaptation. Yeah. And I, and I think you hit the nail on the head with that one too. Um, cause when, when I started listening to it, cause I did the audio book thing, you know, I was expecting way more insight and, you know, into who Ray is into what the characters are thinking and feeling. But, but really it's a straight up almost word for word, adaptation from the movie and there's nothing there's been a few instances of maybe going in a little deeper into a thought process or two but but not much um i'm at the point now where um han and has just met leia again and they're back on uh the resistance place what is that place called uh are you talking about like God, i can't back on the um at the their planet, it's, is it, I know it was a short name like Kidar or yeah, um, Dakana or something like that, or Doc Dakar. Yeah, I think it's like, like D apostrophe Q A R. Yeah, Dakar. Yeah, D apostrophe Q A R. So we're we're at that point now. So I'm get I'm you know three fourths away through the book, but um, but there's not really that much in there. I, I will tell you, and I don't want to spoil it for you, but they do. The book. The one thing that the book does is a good job of explaining how Star Killer Base works. Okay. Yeah. It. It. 
you know, it goes into a little detail of how that weapon works, what the weapon is that that you don't really get to see in the movie. I mean, you know, it's not really explained to you on on the screen how the thing works and why it works that way and all that kind of good stuff. So it it that that was the that's probably the one thing that I've pulled from the book so far. Okay. Yeah, I feel like it's just kind of like a, you know, it's just an adaptation. So it's not like over it's not like I'm not I'm not underwhelmed and I'm not overwhelmed and just kind of like whatever. It's just kind of reading what I've already seen in the movie just kind of I don't know, just seeing it in print, I guess. <laughs> but um yeah, but yeah. yeah, like reading reading Twilight Company was tough. I mean, the ending was okay because you you said you never you didn't make it to the end, right? Yeah, yeah, just pull it for me, dude, because I'm not going to finish that. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it pretty much, like, it all comes to a head because at the end, you know, they after the Battle of Hoth, which to me the book really picks up when you get to Hoth and um, mm-hmm. you experience the battle a little bit from, you know, from uh, Namir's perspective. And there's an awesome scene between him. Um, he's, he witnesses, like, a, a showdown between Vader and Chalice. And she survives, thankfully, but he force chokes her and everything. But she ends up surviving, and it kind of gives her her twist, like her character. um, You know, basically, is just like, okay, I'm all in. We're gonna take, we're gonna take the empire down. You know, this is revenge. You know, so basically, she comes up with a plan for for the company to start um, these little micro attacks throughout the the uh, the area near the quad shipyards, you know, where they, where they build all the star destroyers because the, uh, the plan yeah. is to, to, you know, hit quad drive and, and destroy everything and like basically stop or halt production on star destroyers for the empire to, you know, to deal a big blow, you know, but that's the, yeah. that's the plan. And then you, you get, you, it, one thing the book to me really suffers from is that it, it lays out some of this stuff and you, you kind of get the perspective from Namir on how everything's working. You have moments where you you switch over and you see it from the Empire's perspective, because you um you you start to learn a little bit about this this the one of the enemies. He's a he's a pre, prelate, and his name's Prelate Verge. Just like he's he's a um oh, prelate. Is it prelate? prelate. Yeah, I could, okay. I yes. was like prelate prelate. Anyway, but anyway, Verge, and that's how they pronounce it, right? Mm-hmm. Verge. Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, apparently has been appointed by Palpatine, and and uh, you know he's you know trying to make a name for himself, and he's pretty evil and stuff. But you know you don't really get too deep into that character either. You know, not it's, it's almost like you you get that, and you get there's a stormtrooper that you follow for a couple times. And so you're almost seeing it from this multi perspective, and no one's really made out to be horribly good or bad, you know. Like you're just kind of seeing it all from their perspectives, which I guess is kind of admirable. You don't you don't just get the normal, you know, good guy, bad guy, you know, good side, bad side. But at the same yeah. time, it, it kind of help. It kind of hurts with with progression of the story because you're pretty much just kind of you know just watching this this this. Um, documentary series on stuff that's going on, but you're not really invested in any, anything. So when these battles start happening, you don't even experience the battles. You kind of, you kind of see, you, you see them planning it and talking about it. And then you get the after effect, aftermath of it, you know, like, well, you know, we had the battle today and, you know, so we lost somebody, but we were still in there, you know, and you're just like, really? Like, this is how it's going to go down. But then, you know, they pretty much get found out like, you know, the, the empire, the you know, the Imperials, they they kind of see, her, you know, Chalice's tactics and know what she's going to do next. So they end up like, um, basically pinning them in on in, on Solist, and you know they have okay. a big showdown on Solist, and it, you know, that was pretty much the the best part of the book, because you because you do actually get to witness that battle, but like. The book is just so hollow and empty, and that's why it was just so hard to follow. And it's not like it didn't have a, a real good Star Wars formula to it. It was just it was a tough read. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was trying to power through it just so I could get to Force Awakens and read that. So, you know, that's I mean, that's pretty much the book. I mean, yep. you know, a lot of people. I mean, you know, you know, a good bit of the the main crew survive the battle. Um, Chalice survives. She. Um, Basically, she she helped um, 
not really. I mean, I guess you can say take out the Star Destroyer, the one that was going to, that you know, during the Battle of Solust, it was pretty much, you know, the Star Destroyer was going to help the Empire win, you know, because it was kind of in that position where they could just yeah. bombard the company to the point where they, you know, they would just lose all their troops. But Chalice snuck on board and, and took them out with an ion bomb and uh, mm-hmm. knocked out the systems and stuff and kind of helped help them gain an edge but uh, you know and then she gets away and, and she she's presented that's really to be honest with you the whole book the most interesting character is chalice in my opinion because you know it's she's a you know, she was a bad guy she was a governor that was paid by the the empire to you know do her thing you know as long as she was loyal to them there was no problems and then you know you you, you see you know once she's captured and everything and then she sees how the the Empire really just, you know, is only looking out for themselves. And they, you know, at the point where she has that confrontation with Vader and then she turns on the Empire and it's all pretty much personal. You know, at the end of the book, you kind of see her kind of think about, like, do I just go and have my own life somewhere away from the Empire and everything and just, you know, not be bothered by anybody and kind of live out the rest of my days being at peace? Or do I build myself back up and have more power again? And you don't really know because yeah. you think that's. I think that's where she pretty much is. She goes at that point. So I think that she, if they do another book, that's probably what will happen with that character is that she'll probably have just kind of started up the game again with her, you know, building back up to some sort of position of power, and you know, using the empire, probably using it for profit and gain stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, she, literally, she was the only one with any sort of character development at all yeah to me yeah i agree so what happened to namir because i'm just slightly interested not not really but you know he i mean pretty much just was like you know well you know kind of continues on helps with the rebellion i mean he it, i mean there pretty much isn't really much i mean he just kind of like well you know we fought good today <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh-huh. we're twilight uh-huh. we we you know we we move, we always move on we we power through Hip hip hooray, you know, you know that that sort of thing. I mean, it's pretty and, much that's it. There's no, there's nothing else besides that. And and that's very and that's pretty much indicative of what the book is is like reading. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Um, I mean, it pretty much it was like you know you had the stakes weren't really all that large. I mean, you had that you know okay well you know we we were gonna deal a big blow to the empire, but now we've got caught up on Solus, and now it's a matter of just us getting away or you know die fighting. And okay, well we didn't we ended up not dying, so whew, you know. Um I guess we'll we'll move on, we'll do some more stuff. But um you know, and you see you do get to witness while you're on Solus, you get to see like what Nian Num's been up to, like how he he helps the rebellion and he's, you know, basically trying to keep his people alive on Solust. Especially I mean, you kinda see like you know, the Solistans are pretty much slaves. I mean they're you know, these people are you know, even even like in that whole area, it does kind of tr- try to show you that you know the empire, yeah, is pretty much draining these people. But at the same time, they you know, they keep them comfortable enough that, so that they're not there is no uprising. You know, they're not because you know if they were if they were totally you know in you know in control of them or you know turning them into slaves and stuff like that. You know, there there's going to be an uprising of some kind. But they they keep it low key enough that the people are just like you know we just don't want to be bothered you know but after everything that happens with the company you know it ignites stuff on solace and on other planets and you know people start going like well you know maybe maybe the empire is not so good but at the same time it's like well what's the rebellion going to do for me you know that sort of thing so so it, does it does this take place i mean you know you can see how the the book progresses between the movies does it ever get to return of the jedi no this the way it feels it feels like it probably um probably ends somewhere after right after empire maybe because you know after after hoth you know vader never shows back up so i'm sure that while all this is going on they they're probably doing the whole bespin thing um yeah Maybe a little bit after that, but probably not far. You'll still have some time with, um, I'm sure, you know, after that, there'll be some time before Nian um, joins in with the, because I'm not sure, you know, with with that book, um, uh, Moving Target, 
the young adult novel with mm-hmm. Leia and Nia Numbs and that too. That's in between Return of the Je- I mean in, bet- in between uh, Empire and Return of the Jedi. So that of course has to come after uh, Twilight Company. So I would say that Twilight Company probably ends somewhere right after Empire. So so if you were to line them up chronologically, you would have like Twilight Company and then you'd have Empire and then you'd have Moving Target and and then yeah. on from that. That's pretty, I guess, interesting, I guess. But um, while we're on the subject of Battlefront, I hadn't been playing as much lately as, you know, ever since I hit that level 50. <laughs> <laughs> um, I hadn't been playing as much, but some news hit today. I don't know if you've heard it. Uh, it was actually, there was some a video from EA Brazil, I believe, or some... EA overseas video that has been since taken down, but it kind of revealed some uh, upcoming stuff coming for the game. Oh, I didn't hear uh, about that. I, I heard about the Battlefront. What all I heard today is it was weird because I'm like, this is old news. I was looking at this stuff years ago, but I know that they were there was leaked stuff about the 2008 Battlefront three game. You know where they had some test footage of that. That you remember oh, it no, never I happened. Yeah, that. that came out today, and I'm just like, that's old news. Like we we I've known about that. Like, I've actually seen better videos than what was leaked that day because that was, like, really rough test footage. But what I've seen is, I, you know, I mean, have, you've heard about the game, right? Like, how the mechanics were, how you can, how it was seamless. You know, you could be no, on the ground. I, I never played it. Yeah, well, see, it was just like, I've seen the footage, and it was basically with Battlefront 3, we were going to get a really good game where it was seamless between the, the ground combat and the space combat. Like, you could run around on the ground, you could be fighting troops, and hop into an X-Wing fighter and take off and... You know, you can either fly around, you know, and, and fight in atmosphere, or you can take off into the at, out into space and to and join like a space battle up above. It was going to be really, really cool, and you know, of course, they canceled that. But some of that footage came back up today for whatever reason. Well, no, this is actually new stuff. I mean, uh, so apparently, you know, if you got the season pass, there's going to be some downloadable content coming this month the first of the four that they have coming out. And I don't know, they don't give a price or anything. This is, I think this is translated, you know, some guy on Reddit transfer, I mean, translated everything because the, obviously the, well, it's going to be four, it's, was overseas. it's going to be four, four releases, right? Over the course. Yeah, uh-huh. And the whole thing was like 50 bucks. So yeah. yeah so you do the math Something there. If you there. bought it, if you buy it separate, cause I mean, I guess you can buy them separately, right? The DLC? Yeah, yeah, they'll be available separately. Yeah, you just get like, a, if you buy the season pass, you get a little bit of cut. You know, a little little cut on the overall price. But but anyway, the so the first, I guess, part of the season pass hits sometime this month, which you got another week and a half, so it can't be that far. Uh, but there's also some free downloadable content coming as well. A, um, a new map based on tattoo, another Tatooine map but it's still different than what we have now. And also, you know, two new outfits for Luke and Leia. You get one apiece. Don't know what's what. Um, and apparently they showed it in the video, but like I said, the video's since been taken down, and I caught the, caught onto this, you know, the tail end of the day today. And uh, I can't find any images of Luke or Leia, so I couldn't tell you what new image, you know, what new costumes they have, of course. In the game now, Luke has his uh, Return of the Jedi outfit on, and Leia has her Hoth uh, outfit on in the game. Yeah, I would just assume that Leia's would be the traditional white, A New Hope, you know, robe maybe, and that Luke, hopefully, fingers crossed, would be his Bespin outfit. That's what I'm hoping for. That's my favorite. So, who knows? We'll see. But that, I mean. That was uh, kind of some cool news. I've been waiting. You know, not that the game has gotten boring to me. It's, the game is still fun. I love playing Battlefront. I just The time has just gotten away from me the last few weeks. Here's and, here's uh, my thing on the game so far. Like I mean, I've gotten to the point like I you know, still the game is still fun. Like the online play is fun. But what I'm really mm-hmm. bummed about with the game is just the lack of local uh, private stuff you can do. Because, you know, like I said, me and my girlfriend every night um, were just about, we, you know, we, we would play, you know, and we would just do like the survival game modes and stuff like that to the point where we've gotten, yeah. 
we've gotten every star on every map. Um, Seriously? Yeah, every star. Like, we've played all three difficulties, and we've done all the challenges. So we're like 20 out of 20. So now it's like, we, wow. well, what do we do now? Because, you know, she don't like to play against me because <laughs> I whooped that yeah. butt. <laughs> but, you know, the... Hey, whoa, keep that stuff to yourself, Listen, Austin. listen, Jeez. I can this share. A, this, this, is kids. The, this is kids. <laughs> this is kids. There's some kids out there, boy. <laughs> listen, no, I mean, you know, like, it's fun. You know, we get to do all the survival stuff, but it's just like here lately... You know, she'll say, hey, let's let's play some Battlefront. And I'm just like, I really, I'm burnt out on it because we play the same maps over and over and over. So I'm yeah. hoping, I'm hoping with this new stuff, they're going to add some more local private stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, because I, I mean, it can't just be all online stuff. I mean, it, it just can't. Like to me, this game, it's, they're going to have to give me some more private stuff because it's, it's tough, man. It's like I don't know, man. Not, you you might be in the minority on this one. <laughs> like yeah, I love I mean, online you know play, I, but it's just like you know when we want to do stuff, you know, we just me and her want to play on stuff. Cause she's you know, of course, if she was to try to get on there and play online, you know, she's probably going to get her butt handed to her, just like me. I mean, it's just going to you know, I'm I'm really bad at it, but I know she she's really scared of it. And plus, it's just hard. We can't really play together on there unless we had two copies of the game and two systems and stuff, because it won't let you do split screen on the online play, which kind of sucks. I mean, if they would change it to that, then, then yeah, we could, you know, we can still try to do stuff, but I don't know. Hmm. But like, I don't know that they could do that because then you'd have to load two profiles on your PlayStation at the same time. Unless they did like a guest thing. The other games, they did that though. There are other, there's a lot of other games that you, you can play online um, split screen and it, what it does is you could, it would be like I could be playing my main profile and then it would be like a guest or you know, it would be like my name and guest or two or something like that it was it would it was some way they would do it I've, I've done it with a few games so I was surprised that this game didn't do it really mm-hmm. hmm. well I'm sorry I'm sorry you don't like the game anymore Austin. <laughs> every time I try <laughs> Every time I log on, I'm looking for you, and you're never there. That's a, that's the other thing too. Is like when I get on and play, that's when nobody else is playing, and vice versa. You know, it's just like I mean, it's still awesome. I mean, I love the game, and you know, we I still try to play as much as I can. But like, I'm just you know, mainly my my grief is just with the private aspect of it, like the the local play instead of the the online stuff. Because the online stuff, you know, it, you can really there's a lot more to do and more maps. But see, local play, there's not a whole lot there. Yeah, I understand. I understand, totally. Um, in other news, got some bad news for you, and I'm sure you've already heard. But you know, we were all excited about seeing Star Wars Episode Eight in May of 2017. Oh yeah, uh, I was a little bummed by that. <laughs> Not gonna happen. Yeah. You're gonna have to wait till December 15th. I had a feeling it was gonna happen. But I was I was holding out hope because I I was like man look it sounds like they're already getting an early start on it so maybe they'll hit that deadline but yeah uh you know it, you know I I think uh, websites have you know started commenting like Newsarama says that the massive success of the Force Awakens in December prompted Disney to do this but there was also a need to do some script rewriting on episode 8 because of some characters in The Force Awakens that were received by the public much better than Disney originally thought. So there was a need to expand their roles in episode 8. I've also heard rumors that uh, it's all about the merchandising because episode 7 was just craptastically crazy. You know, selling everything and making Disney money hand over fist that they say and, and and a lot of it due to the Christmas time period and lots of people buying gifts which you know just makes it a lot better for Disney all around so they wanted to move it there um, and and then you know just trying to keep it in the December time frame to say put a st- stake in the ground and say December is now Star Wars month and I, you know, I understand. It's, 
you know, it is what it is. And I also see that the the, the reaction to it's pretty positive. People are like, well, you know, give them enough time to make it good, and they're they're cool with that because that's what JJ did. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, it's like it's one of those things where you're just kind of like, ah, man, like I really. Yeah, because we want it as quickly as possible, but at the same time, I'm just like, you know, whatever you need to make a great Star Wars movie again, you know, do what you got to do. I, I can see that. And, you know, I, I think that some of it, the the uh, the hype for Rogue One in, in, in another December movie has kind of helped move Episode Eight to December again because that Disney sees that, okay, this is not a one-and-done even the the you know in between movies are getting lots and lots of hype and people are excited about it so you know we're we're really going to um break it break people over the coals with this and you know, can't can't blame them they they're going to make as much money as they can off of Star Wars ridiculous i'm just so mad no actually i'm really actually i'm really really kind of hyped because the end of the year in 2017 I'm going to be spending most of my days at the theater because uh, November 17th of that year, you get Justice League Part 1, and just a month later, Star Wars Episode 8. So I'll be a, I'll be a fat cat. <laughs> That's right. That's going to be good. There is a great disturbance in the Force. Hey, did you see that DC thing on Wednesday night? Yeah, the um, the yeah, the uh, um, oh lord, you know, I know the Batman versus Superman. What is it? The something Suicide Dawn Squad. Dawn of Justice League, I think, is what it was called. Oh, oh yeah, 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 Dawn of yeah the Justice watch League, yeah. that. You, know, you got your uh, Suicide Squad thing, and then they talked about all the you know movies coming up and everything. And you had old animated Kevin Smith up there, just just. Hamming it up for the camera. Yeah. <laughs> I, I will. I will say though, I was impressed. I was like, "Thank God he's not wearing that freaking hockey jersey and jorts." Like, I'm so happy he wasn't wearing that crap tonight. <laughs> well, dude, he's lost weight, so you know he's got to he's got to do a little something different. But but when I was watching that man, I thought, "Hey, this guy's like Stan Lee." Who? He's, he's just Kevin Smith. Yeah, Kevin Smith is like is is Stan Lee. Stan Lee hams it up for Marvel. Oh yeah, I mean all the time. I mean, I mean like that's he's pretty the much perfect front man. Oh yeah, like I think ever since ever since Smodcast started up, you know, Kevin Smith really changed and turned into like a like a circus leader, like a or a ringleader. You know, yeah, sort of like he's like the, yep. yeah, he's he's really like a showman now. And it turned me off for a long time, and now I'm kind of like you know it's his thing, you know. He he's he's a caricature of himself now, you know, and and he's getting he's getting his recognition. I mean, he's doing good movies again, so it's like I'm not I don't hate him for it anymore. I'm kind of like whatever, you know. At least he's producing something. You know, he's got stuff coming out all the time now. He's got the Comic Book Man, so can't can't hate the guy for that. You know, I'll always right. I'll always have my my history with Kevin Smith. I mean, I've always been a huge fan, so. I just had to, I had to step away from him for a little bit because I was like, all right, this this dude is it's <laughs> too much. I'm like, good god, yeah. like if it's not him talking about like sex or sex with his wife or weed, it was it was just like, come on, man, like God. <laughs> yeah, I, I, he's he's been cleaning it up except except for on his. Fat Man on the Batman podcast. I listen to that occasionally. Yeah, I remember. Ooh. I remember starting off with that, and it was good. Like it would, you know, he had some cool stuff. But I, I, I don't know. I haven't followed it too much. Yeah, kids, don't watch. Don't listen to that one. Oh no! I mean, if it's ever got Kevin Smith, on, don't ever let your kids yeah. listen or watch. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know. Some other news that's kind of a little bit disturbing. Uh, I don't know if you've been paying attention to this, but. Ever since the new Star Wars The Force Awakens product has hit the shelves, there's been a lack of uh, there's been a lack of Ray product out there, especially in the action figure lines. And and apparently uh, some website called Sweatpants and Coffee, that's a nice name for a website, man. That's really cool. Sweatpants and Coffee got some kind of interview with an insider look you can't see me, but I'm putting up my little finger quotes. Insider 
uh, and I'm assuming this is with Lucasfilm, uh, uh, kind of let the cat out of the bag that Lucasfilm really didn't want Ray to be the the merchant, the the head of the face of the Force Awakens as far as merchandising goes. Um, the site says the insider who was at the meetings described how initial versions of many of the products presented to Lucasfilm featured Ray prominently. At first, discussions were positive, but as the meetings wore on, one or more individuals raised concerns about the presence of female characters in the Star Wars products. Eventually, the product vendors were specifically directed to exclude the Ray character from all Star Wars-related merchandise, said the insider. We know what sells, the industry insider was told. No boy wants to be given a product with a female character on it. Woo! Now, if... This is pretty bad if it's true. If it's true, you have to take a lot of that stuff with yeah. a grain of salt. Also, you know, and I'm, I'm a big advocate for, like, kind of equal presentation, I guess, representation of, of yeah. both sexes. I'm I'm kind of big on that. But at the same time, you know, it is a tough thing because, you know, you have to think of it from a business aspect. You know, this is there's always a gamble in the money. I feel like now and, and now – our day and time, I mean, you've got, you know, Target being gender uh, neutral or going gender neutral and probably Walmart will follow suit and soon everything else, you know. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like we're in this day and time now where they really shouldn't worry about stuff like that because, you know, people are going to people are gonna collect. I mean, even, even the Star Wars fans, I mean, they're going to collect stuff because, you know, if it's not the kids buying it, it's going to be, you know, the collectors are going to get it and they're, and they're really not worried about the gender if anything it's always more about heroes versus villains it's not really a gender thing um yeah but i I get where they're where they're coming from where you go you know you you like like if you hand a little boy a girl toy like a toy of a girl Mm -hmm. you know a lot of times they're just they're just programmed where they they don't look at it as a toy for them to play with they're just like oh it's a girl toy it goes for girls you know, so a boy's going to play with the boy toys, and I, you know, it's just—I mean, again, it's just programming, and of course, we're we're moving away from that. You'll, you know, I you you'll see a lot more where it's just kind of like kids are just going to play with whatever they want to play with, you know. But I can see yeah. where they're coming from with that kind of an idea, but to c- completely try to cut her out of mer- merchandising completely—bad move. Like I, if that is true, I'm like, you know, shame on you, especially Disney of all people, you know. I mean, I mean, are they specifically saying that Lucasfilm was was saying this, or is that all? I thought it was, wasn't that all kind of. I mean, Disney kind of runs this that is, too, right? Yeah. See, yeah, I think Disney does sort of run the merchandising now, or at least has a big say in it. Um, it you know, and it doesn't say who's saying this. It just says an insider, according to Sweatpants and Coffee. So you, I, you don't really know who this insider is. But I mean, like, they, I mean, I'm saying, like, who, sitting at the like, table. in terms of who's making the call, though, is I'm guessing is it strictly Lucasfilm, or is that pretty much like a like it wouldn't be Kathleen Kennedy, of course, making those calls? No, um, no, no. It, I'm, yeah, I'm assuming I, it I would think have, it would have to be some some form of agreement between Lucasfilm and Disney. But I believe, I, you know, as far as the merchandising goes, you know, Disney probably has a big, big hand in that. I would say. Probably more so than Lucasfilm. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. It's yeah, I, it, it's a bad call. I mean, I wouldn't have like just like with the whole stink happening about um, the Monopoly game and they left Ray out of it. And you know, I agree. I was like, you know, that's pretty bad too. But I also feel like they were really careful in in how they uh, introduce these characters pre-release. Mm-hmm. You know, so that you didn't. Yeah. You because I mean that's one thing I loved about the movie is when I got to watch it, you really you were really hit with some of these turns in the movie and, and some of the, you know, especially the final fight. You're just like, Oh, well, I didn't see that coming. You know, people may yeah. have guessed, but they didn't ever know. And I thought that was really good. I, I love the surprises that I got from the movie. So then after the movie, of course, that I, I felt like, well, well, we'll probably see a lot more push, you know, in the merchandising, especially like more Ray. And, um, mm-hmm. I mean, I have seen more, more with her. I feel like now, um, still not a whole lot. I mean, really, to me, the face has always been Kylo Ren for the, for the marketing. Um, and 
and I'm glad you said that because it says uh, Lucasfilm and Disney didn't expect Ray to be the star of the merchandise show, and they bet on Kylo Ren, which is why you see Kylo Ren's face on everything. Because um, the it's site like the, goes on to say, yeah, that, it's like the Vader. You know, everybody everybody loves yeah. Vader. You know, so yeah, and it, the site goes on to say um, they caught up with a uh, heroic girls founder John Marcotte who knows people on the inside, and he concurred that Lucasfilm was caught flat-footed, saying, I've spoken with Disney people, and they were completely blindsided by the reaction to new Star Wars characters. They put a huge investment into marketing and merchandising the Kylo Ren character. They presumed he would be the big breakout role from the film. They were completely surprised when it was Ray, everyone identified with and wanted to see more of. Now they're stuck with vast amounts of Kylo Ren product that is not moving, and a tidal wave of complaints about a, about a lack of Ray items. Now, I wouldn't say that there's a vast amount of Kylo Ren product that's not moving because everything I've seen, Star Wars stuff flies off the shelf. If you if you go to my Walmart right now, there are three figures on the on the shelf, and none of them are Kylo Ren. There's like the Resistance Trooper, woo, um, uh, Elo Asti, and uh, Tie Fighter. Yeah pilot yeah I, I agree um i mean i see some i see like other merchandising you know like if it be alarm clock or a you know a doll or something like that I, you know the big tall collar rins I, I see here and there but um yeah. but no he i mean he was a successful face i felt like but i mean they would know more about their sales than we would but um you really don't know i mean i feel like that's got to be a gamble you just kind of put your money on something and you you know, I wouldn't even expect people to just go like, you know, I like, you know, Ray over everybody else because usually people are going to go for the villain, the Boba Fett's yeah. or the Darth Vader's, you know. So that's probably why they were like, you know, Kylo Ren's our new Vader. Probably he's going to be the big character. Let's put our money on him. I, I'm impressed. Like, I mean, because to me, I felt like the marketing was mainly on like uh, Kylo Ren and then like the old characters, mainly Hi, Chewie. So. I feel like they probably just felt that the you know the public were probably going to take to those characters the most. But I, I love the fact that people are going crazy over the new characters, even to the point now where it's affecting the next script. You know. Yeah, really. That, to me, that really. that attests to you know like how great of a job they did creating those characters, because it, it could have been a great movie where you're just like, well, the new characters were, eh, but you know the you know Han Solo stole the show, but it really wasn't the case. I mean, everybody. Like a lot of people's glowing reviews about the movie were pretty much along with, uh, you know, along the same lines as mine is, you know, I really care about the new characters, and that's my that's that's why I love this movie so much, you know, or that you know that's my two cents on the movie, which is highly positive that you you really care about the new characters that they've created because I mean you're gonna have to be with them the rest of the time. It's not like the movies can rest on Han or Leia or Luke the rest of the trilogy. Even though I do really, I can't wait for more Luke Skywalker. So I hope we do get a lot more of him in the next movie. Um, I really care yeah. about the new characters, and I can't wait to see where, where we go with these characters. Oh, and I think there'll be a lot of Luke Skywalker, and I think there'll be a lot of Luke Skywalker merchandise at, with Episode Eight. And uh, you know, I'm still waiting for a Luke Skywalker figure in those robes to be announced, and nothing yet. Yeah, I mean, well, I've heard yet, about that. I've heard is, this, there is a Luke figure coming, I think, in one of the waves. But when is yeah. the, like, I, I've been seeing pictures of some of the new wave stuff that I, I guess are in stores overseas or something, but are we are we supposed to be seeing those new waves soon? Like the new Ray figure and the new, you know, the, the Han Solo figures and stuff like that? You're, as far as I know, they're, they're out, you know, depending on where you're at. You, you may find them, you may not. Uh, my local... Walmart, no. Like I said, that I've had the same three figures sitting on the shelf, and, and one of each now. Just three figures for the past uh, month. Since they got in, on Force Friday, they got in two cases, and or, or two boxes of figures, which sold out completely. They then got in uh, a third box maybe three weeks later and uh three of the three of the figures in that box are still sitting on the shelf haven't put out anything since so i've missed completely that second wave of figures which featured general hucks uh pv's 
what's whatever those, the blue droid is. I was going to say, those two I know were at my local Walmart. I haven't gotten them yet. Um, really? Yeah, I haven't picked them up. I should. I know I really like to get Hux, but um, I just haven't I haven't bought them yet. The last one I bought was uh, Elo Asti. Yeah. Well, he's sitting on the shelf at, at my Walmart. Now, I, the, I did go to Walmart the other day, and they had uh, the new Lego figures that you can build. They had they had the Finn and the Ray and the Kylo Ren, so they had the new the Force Awakens figures uh, in, in stock there, and they had a good many of them. But that's the only new product I've seen on the shelves since a couple of weeks after Force Friday. I wonder which what is the pathetic in my opinion. It is. I wonder. I wonder what the um, holdup is. Who knows, man? Management. Uh, I have. I have. All kinds of problems with my Walmart. I really can't stand my Walmart. I can go in. I can go in. You know, Tuesdays are new movie days, right? Right. So I can, the you know the Ant Man or something, whatever comes out. So the best time for me to get that is right before work. So I'll swing in at eight ish and want to grab it so that I can have it. You know, if I go to lunch and want to start watching it, or or I can have it as soon as I get off work. But they don't even have them on the shelf yet. They didn't pull the boxes from the back. <laughs> man, pathetic, that's that's pathetic. Man. I was gonna say that is pathetic. I, you know, I I run into that every so often, or I know I used to. Um, Savannah's not as bad, and plus I just have so many different choices because if I don't have it in one place, I can go somewhere else. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's it's pretty bad. Like a lot of, a lot of them just uh, haven't put it out yet. <laughs> Like, eh, we'll, we'll put it out soon. Eh. And especially if it's a big movie, you know, you would think that they would put that stuff out. I don't know. They, they have an overnight stocking crew. Maybe they could put some of that crap out. Or, I, I don't know, rearrange somebody's schedule so they come in early and do that and then leave early. I don't know, you know. Who knows? It's just like I'm, uh, I'm confused with the actual release of the Star Wars book because we've we've had, you know, of course, I, you know, one thing I've noticed with Walmart ever since the new canon started, you know, they've been real good about having every Star Wars book because there was a time where they just stopped caring, you know, when new Star Wars books were out. They never they wouldn't stock them. Um but with the new Star Wars stuff, they've had, they've had everything. I mean, everything from the the adult novels to the young adult novels to the children's books to the magazines, you know, on point. Every you know, on the release dates, I have yet to find a Star Wars Force Awakens novel in Walmart anywhere. Um, I haven't I checked have two Target. In mine. Oh, they had two in yours. I had two in mine. I wasn't gonna pay nineteen eighty eight for it though. Yeah, that's how much I paid but for it. But now, you know... Well, you could, you could price 60, match if you check... Yeah, check. price match. It was sixteen eighty eight at Amazon. Right, exactly. So you could price match. And see, I can't find them anywhere around here. I had to... Well, I mean, not in, in Walmarts. I had to actually go to the Barnes & Noble and get the Barnes & Noble version and pay it. And they won't price match. So I only got 30% off that the store offers. So... Or it was 20... Was it 20%? 20 or 30? But anyway, I ended up paying 19 for it. So... Um, yeah, that's that's where I had to find it, and, and like the exclusive in that one is that you get additional color photos on the, in the on the inside, which I kind of laughed at. I'm like, they put color photos in the adult novel, <laughs> but then I started thinking about it. I've got the original A New Hope novel. Um, I mean the '77 version, you know, and it's mm-hmm. that they had the same thing. It was like had color photos and everything for an adult novel. So I'm like, okay, I see all the the parallels, so I get it, you know. Um, but yeah, it was just weird that they just put another set of them, and some of them were like behind-the-scenes photos and all that stuff. I'm like, okay, so that makes it the Barnes and Noble exclusive. Um, but yeah, it's it's just been it was odd how it felt like they dropped the ball on that that book release compared to everything else. Because I mean, Walmart they they have an abundance of aftermath. Man, they've put out even more since the you know the movie came out. But I have yet to see a Force Awakens novel. No, my my Walmart gets two or three of each book, and once they're gone, they're gone. They they don't restock at all. But you know, I can't I, I can't complain. I mean, they're not a bookstore. Yeah. So I can't expect them to to restock stuff. But still, I have this bad taste in my mouth when it comes to our 
local Walmart. Right. I just, it's got a bad taste in my mouth. Well, um, it looks like we're about to hit that time, man. Okay. Um, One more thing I wanted to bring up to you. How do you feel about the, the basically like where, how far the movies come in terms of like box office? Um, What's the latest? I hadn't checked the the latest. I know the I latest saw is one point in China. Well, I know it was like it ended up being one point eight, uh, basically like almost one point eight nine billion. Um, uh-huh. I mean, I'm I'm impressed. I love it, and I love the fact that it it's made the most domestically out of any movie, you know, over Avatar, yeah. which was great. Mm-hmm. But I'm so I'm like I'm still kind of upset that it didn't beat Avatar. Like I, yeah. I feel like. Uh, but somebody, I was reading an article and somebody brought up a, a good point. They were like, "It took, you know, it took. Look how long it took uh, Star Wars to make this to, to make 1.8 billion. It took, you know, uh, a month. You know, but yeah, Avatar it, it took it. It, it took eight months for Avatar to make that much money. Yeah, and and that's not to say that you know the Star Wars: The Force Awakens isn't going to make it. Is it? Likely, I don't know. It's probably not likely that it that it comes near Avatar, but uh, and, and plus with the quicker turnaround from theater to Blu-ray, I mean, you're talking a couple of months here, and we're gonna have Star Wars: The Force Awakens on Blu-ray. Yeah, which I think is in April. You know? I think is when they're planning yeah, on putting April it out. Fourth. Yeah, which April I mean, I know the. the first. Yeah, sounds about right. I I know that they'll yeah. have. Um, I mean, the, the probably the Blu-ray sales when that thing comes out will be crazy. So I hope that yeah, they're prepared. Ridiculous. I'll yeah. tell you this much. They better have a – like, the, the, here's the thing that worries me. It's Disney, so this is pr- most likely to happen. But I hope that they have a really good, you know, set of uh, supplementals for the Blu-ray. Because, yeah. di- cause, because I, that's my thing. I mean, I love the movie, but you know what? I'm also, like – you know, I'm I, I love my special features. I love my feature length documentaries, or you know, all that stuff. And Disney has just been yeah. so bad. Like ever since, um, I think ever since Avengers when that came out, because like the Iron Man movies had great supplementals for the first two. When Avengers hit, Avengers barely had anything. Even in the special special 3D edition, had barely anything. And yeah. I, I'm just like, what is going on with these people? Like they, you know you would think that they would do more in terms of special features. So I'm hoping with JJ being involved, you know, the two Star Trek movies had good supplementals. I mean, the second one, they kind of dropped the ball because they separated them out in each, each like a Walmart and target and Best Buy and all these people, they had all their own special supplementals, like their own grouping. So in order for you to get like the complete set of special features, you had to buy like a copy in every store. And people were really upset about that, and that's why they came out. And and the Blu-rays didn't have the IMAX sequences, so they had an apology set that came out. It was that black set that that contained the yeah. the two reboots, but the second movie had the IMAX sequences and it had all the special features. So you know that was their I'm sorry you know set, <laughs> but I'm just hoping that mm-hmm. Star Wars really has a lot of supplementals. I mean they always have when they came out in the past. You know like the past DVD and Blu-ray. Well, not Blu-ray necessarily, but the DVDs always did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I really hope that they don't try to shy away from that just so that they can, you know, they can release more Save. later or something, you know. I, I'm scared they're going to do that. And, and and they may do that, especially seeing that the turnaround time is really quick on this one. You know, it may be that, oh, as soon as the Rogue One comes out, you get a special, special edition featuring all the supplementals you ever want. And that probably won't happen. They'll, what they'll probably do is this one will have a, a it'll have a t- like a ten minute making of featurette. It'll have a few deleted scenes and then a sneak peek at Rogue One. That's probably what it'll have, and that's it. And I yeah. and I will be so angry. <laughs> I'll buy it and I'll watch it but over you, and over and over. But man, I'll be angry. I was gonna say you will buy it. I know you will. <laughs> I'll buy every every version a, they release. I know I'll buy it. But I mean, I'm, I'm not gonna be happy you are about a it. Sucker. You're a sucker for Star Wars. <laughs> uh, 
All right, so that's going to wrap it up for this week. I want—I do want to say we've, you know, for we took away the comment section from OuterRimNews.com, but now we've added it back, and it's Facebook specific. So if you're a fan of our Facebook page, you can always come over to the site, read the articles, make your comments there. We would love it. We'd love to have comments, feedback on the articles, and even the podcast. So um, leave your feedback for us. And you can find us at OuterRimNews.com. That's O-U-T-E-R-R-I-M-N-E-W-S.com. Mm. How did that sound? Sounded smooth, baby. <laughs> <laughs> that sounded smooth like Coke 45. Uh, it works every time. <laughs> all right, there's enough Lando. Um, all right, man, well, that's going to do it for this week. I'm going to say, may the force be with you. Peace and love, baby. Thanks so much for listening to our show this week. If you want to follow us online, you can do so by visiting us on the web at www.outerrimnews.com. We're on Twitter at Outer Rim News, and we're on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash Outer Rim News. If you want to leave a review or subscribe to us on iTunes, we would love to see that. And finally, this podcast is not endorsed or supported by Disney or Lucasfilm. It is intended for entertainment purposes only. The fantastic Star Wars rock music used for the show is courtesy of Husky by the Geek. You can find him on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash Husky by the Geek. Star Wars, names, and sounds are all copyright and registered trademarks of Disney and their respective copyright holders. <laughs>